In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. The President of our United States, as things are today, right now, the President of our United States has far too much power. You probably all thought that or known that, right? We, get, we are right now getting executive orders after executive order after executive order, and that's pretty much how everything is done now, by executive order. It's a mess. The President decides almost everything. It, it's kind of like a well, I don't know. I should have done my homework better. It's about 20 years ago, I think, somewhere in there. We, it was like we discovered this major loophole in our Constitution where now the president just does an executive order for just about anything he wants. Congress and Senate have become almost irrelevant, like useless, because all they do is just keep up appearances. Now, the very sad thing about this is, and I don't know where it will go, who knows, but the very sad thing is it almost seems like we like it this way. We all want our horse in the White House, right? Because, and we think, well, it doesn't really matter. As long as we get our guy in there, then everything will be perfect, okay? We complain when the other guy does executive orders that we don't like, but then when our guy gets in there, yeah, yeah, we're loving those executive orders, right? Well, I think because deep down, the reason we like this, I think it's because deep down we want to be in control. We want to be in the driver's seat. We want the executive power. And if, you know, since we can't all have it, we can't all be president, well, the next best thing is to have our guy in that seat doing what we want, wielding all the power. Now you understand, this is a recipe for disaster. What happens in the history of the world nearly every single time that a man acquires too much power? What happens? Bad things. It corrupts him, for one, goes to his head, but often evil things follow. There's really only one man. And you look over the history of the whole world, there's only one man who can actually sit in that kind of a seat, in that seat of power, and do it faithfully. Because there's only one man who's actually meant to carry that kind of power. And he is the God-man, Jesus Christ. He's the only man that can take that seat. And right now, Jesus is in that driver's seat. Okay? Not the president, as much as we might think. Not Congress, not senators, not a governor, and most of all, not any of you. Jesus has ascended into heaven, and he sits right now at God's right hand. That's the driver's seat. He's ruling over everything. He says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. Now, the number one problem, from beginning of the world to the end of the world, the number one problem is that we want to sit in that driver's seat instead of God. We want the control. So, as I've been discussing, one way we can kind of think we got control of that is through politics. That's why everybody's obsessed with politics right now, because they want control. They want to take Jesus' seat and control the world through politics. We want our guys in control. But politics is not the only way. There are many other ways you and I try to get in that seat, try to get the control from God. 
money being the most obvious, of course, right? Material things, because we always think if we've got enough stuff and enough money, then we'll be in control. Then we can control everything and make sure our lives are just as we want. We won't need God because we can buy everything. That doesn't work, of course. Abusing others is another way we try to get control, abusing and bullying others. If people won't do what we want, we'll force them to do what we want, or so we think. It's not, not just physical abuse, you understand. Verbally we do this. Mentally we abuse others. There's all kinds of ways we do this. But you know what, I mean, what do, these are, this is the classic definition of like a power grab. We're trying to grab the power from God. We're going to get control. Well, what do all those power grabs amount to? We're just backseat drivers. That's why I like this illustration so much of Jesus being in the driver's seat, because then there's us in the back seat telling him everything he should be. You know, we all know how, even though we've all been the backseat driver, we all know how annoying a backseat driver is, right? Well, we're that annoying person in the back seat saying, Jesus, get over to the right lane. What are you doing? Jesus, don't turn here. Turn over there. You know, Jesus, you're driving way too slow. Do you even know where you're going? That's us. Backseat drivers are the worst, and we are the worst. But this morning, what have we done? We've repented again like we always do, because we know this about ourselves. We know we do this. So we've repented. We just said a minute ago, Almighty God, we said, have mercy on us. Forgive our sins. Okay? That's, that's the only thing you can do. We repent, that, in, that includes our sinful power grabs, our sinful rebellion, where we're trying to get it. It, it includes our, our f- sinful fascination with politics and presidents. We repent of it. Jesus, forgive us. Okay? Thinking that politics is going to solve everything. Lord, have mercy on us. That includes our love of money and stuff, right? Thinking that we'll buy everything we need. Lord, have mercy on us. Forgive us. It includes our abuse of others, trying to force others to do what we want. All of it. We repent of all of it, Jesus. And once again this morning, we said, Jesus, we'll go back to the back seat where we're supposed to be. And we'll rejoice that you're driving. Okay? That you're sitting at God's right hand. He has shed his blood for us control freaks to cover our sin and to replace it with faith. Okay? So that's what we did this morning. So now, now then, I'd like to spend some time reassuring you that this is going to be okay. You can sit in the back seat and relax and enjoy the ride. It's going to be okay. Jesus is in the driver's seat, and he's a very good driver. Okay? Better than your husband, better than your wife, right? He is a good driver. He knows what he's doing. We don't have to correct him from the back seat, okay? So the reason, the reason that you and I don't always see how good he is, that the reason we don't always see how good of a job he's doing is because we look in the wrong places. That's why we don't think Jesus is a good driver, because we're looking over here when he's working over here. Okay? Basically, in a nutshell, we always want Jesus to use his power more out in the world. He is always using his power more here in the church, and that's why we get so frustrated. Okay? We're looking for him to use his power where we want him to use it rather than where 
he wants to use it. Where does Jesus want you to see his power? Most of all, in a president? No. In money? No. He wants you to see his power in the forgiveness of your sins, in his word, in the giving of his Holy Spirit. But we're always looking out the window saying, Jesus, what are you doing? So I, I want to make it very concrete. I mean, you, you know, we, there's tons and tons of examples we could use. What about right now the war, the war in Ukraine? Of course, we think Jesus ought to use his power and end the war. I mean, who wouldn't want that? We want the war to end. So Jesus, you know, do that. But he's not, at least not yet. We think Jesus should use his power to stop madmen from going into buildings and shooting people. Come on, Jesus, where's your power? We think Jesus should, sometimes we think this, Jesus should give me a new job where I help me make more money, right? Oh, Jesus, help me out. i got to take care of my family. We think Jesus should use his power to heal our friend from cancer. We think Jesus should use his power to stop abortion or gambling or whatever it is. We, we think he should use his power to give us better weather, right? To make it hot when we want it hot, cold when we want it cold, rain when we want rain, sun when we want sun. And, of course, we think Jesus should lower gas prices. I mean, come on. It's getting ridiculous, right? Well, we're not alone. In Acts chapter 1 that we heard today, after everything Jesus has taught the disciples, after he's died, he's risen from the dead, look what they ask. Lord, is it time now? Will you now restore the kingdom to Israel? You know, look, they want to talk politics. And Jesus says, no, come on, guys. Even the disciples were looking for Jesus to use his power in the wrong place, but he says, no, that will come in the Father's time. So, hey, if you... If you want the wars to end, the, the violence to end, you want the cancer to end, it will, it will, in the Father's time, that will all end. On the last day, you'll get to see His power in full display. No more bad politics, no more shootings, no more money problems, no more cancer. It will all be gone. Okay? But we don't get to decide when on that. Instead, this is what Jesus tells us. So He says, don't worry about that. That will happen in the Father's time. But you... You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses to the end of the earth. Hopefully this is getting across, because this is so important for us to hear. Did he send the apostles to go and rule the world? Did he send them to go be governors and presidents? To make tons of money and fix all the world's problems? No, he sent them to preach the gospel. That's where he wants his power to be seen. And it was seen. Right? Pentecost Day, 3,000 people are baptized. That's the power of God. If you want to find Jesus' power, you've got to look to the church. That's where he's working, and that's where he's using his power. Taking sins away, giving the Holy Spirit, listening and answering our prayers, giving new life in baptism, giving his body and blood in the Lord's Supper preaching His Word through pastors, pronouncing absolution, teaching everything God has commanded. That's, if you want to see His power, you don't look to the Oval Office. You look to the office of the ministry. That's where He's showing it. right In His Word and in His sacrament. Now, of course, I'm well aware, as you're well aware, that when the world looks at that, they say, eh, doesn't look too powerful. Okay? The world looks at the church and says, Nothing really exciting there, nothing too great. Okay, they kind of think the church is useless, doesn't really do anything. Okay, we know that. But what do we care what the world thinks? 
I don't care what they think. We know the truth, that in the church is where Jesus is working his mightiest and most powerful works. So I'm going to tell you exactly what I mean. Let's take this terrible, terrible tragedy that happened this last week, this school shooting. We all want these shootings to stop. At least everybody in this room does. Just like people of every age have wanted war to stop, violence to stop, hatred to stop. So what's the answer? Some say gun control. Some say more guns, more security, right? More police. Some say more mental health care. Some say more fathers in the home. Some say more government supervision, trying to catch these guys before they do it. What's the answer? Some of those things, actually maybe all of them, could, be, could do some good, no doubt. But meanwhile, meanwhile, Jesus is showing his power over it elsewhere. You want to see Jesus' power, don't look to any of those things. Where does Jesus show his power over sin and death? You know, of course. He shows it on the cross where he dies for our sins. And he shows it in the resurrection where he defeats death forever. He shows his power over sin and death by baptizing us into his name, giving us new life. He shows his power in the Lord's Supper where he gives us the medicine of immortality so that we will live with him forever. He shows his power with these words, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. That's power. That's real power. That's not some political maneuver. That's real power. When these tragedies happen, more and more, and I already told the Bible class this, so forgive me, This is really bothering me. When these tragedies happen, more and more we're being told that our prayers aren't wanted and they're useless. You know, if you say, I'm praying for the families, well, you're not supposed to say that because that's not really doing anything, you know. you, You would need to do some, like, political work to actually do something to fix this. But it's the exact opposite of that. It is the exact opposite. Prayer is the most powerful weapon we have. Keep praying. It's definitely more important than anything that's going to happen in Washington. We pray because Jesus is the only one who can give these families, these survivors, a real answer to their grief. And happy to say, if you go and look through the funeral arrangements, you know, if you go look, you can find all this online, the funeral arrangements for all the children who who died in this shooting you'll notice that almost all of them, in fact, I couldn't find one that did not, but I may have missed something. Um, The vast majority of them are having prayer services, funeral services, funeral masses, rosaries, many of them at churches. That's because Jesus is going to show his real power to these families there in his word and in the sacrament. That's where his power is. Because they know, excuse me, they know that as difficult as it is to lose their child, they're looking forward to seeing them again in the kingdom of heaven. Finally, friends in Christ, Jesus says that you are a witness of this. It's up to you and me to witness to this power. People in the world, including us in our sinful nature, 
We, we will continue to look to get control everywhere, okay? Like politics and money and so forth. But you're Jesus' witness. You tell the world who's really in the driver's seat and where they can really see his power in his word, in the church, in the sacraments. Invite them to see the true power that you know and pray for them that they would see the power of Jesus. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding guards your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.